my name is Dave. I'm on the teaching team here at KCF. Uh, good morning. How's this series been for you so far, the letters to the church? It's been okay? Not if it's like, yeah. If it's not been good, just go this way. <laughs> Hopefully it's challenging. Yeah, I think I heard somebody say that. Hopefully it's been challenging for you. Um, Hopefully, it's getting you uncomfortable. That's, that's kind of what Francis Chan does, by the way. Uh, and that's what the intent of this whole book has been. And as we've been going through the Bible and really pouring through it, as Pastor Chan has outlined, my hope is if, that it's made you uncomfortable. And if it hasn't made you uncomfortable, then maybe you're not reading it. No, no, but it, it should. It made me think about one of my favorite movies uh, that came out at the end of March 1999, so 20 years ago, um, one of my favorite movies came out. And, and, and I'll explain a little bit, but do you remember this? This is from The Matrix, right? One of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion. Um, and what you're looking at, if you don't know what The Matrix is, is these are human beings in like cocoons. And what the machines have done is they've turned human beings into batteries, energy, to fuel and feed them. And why am I bringing this up is because as I was thinking about what we're talking about today, and the chapter is called Unleashed, and it was about how us as Christians need to get outside of our comfort area and and what reality that we've almost concocted about what it means to be a Christ follower. And in some ways I thought, Maybe we're like that. Maybe we're like the human beings that think that we're in this certain reality, when in reality what's really happening is we're in a cocoon and our energy is sucked by something else. And in many ways, if we allowed ourselves to just be comfortable in the church, in the four walls of the church, and we just were good friends here, and we said, ah, I don't know about what's happening out there, it's really bad, and we just focus on ourselves, in many ways, it's like we all took the blue pill. And the enemy, who we know so well, who, does, who has nothing but to steal, kill, and destroy us, all the enemy needs to do is put us in the matrix. And our power has completely been stunted. Right? And I thought was so powerful, Pastor Chan had talked about, he had met a pastor in Sao Paulo. And what he said, to, and he, it was a growing congregation, and what he said to uh, Francis Chan was he said, you know, sometimes I feel like Christians are still in a zoo. And, and when I first read this, I was like, what is he talking about? And then he said, did you ever see that movie Madagascar? Where the animals that are these powerful, God-made animals are in, on display in, Manhattan, in a Manhattan zoo. Remember this guy, Alex. If you haven't seen the movie Madagascar, which I'm thinking many of you may not have, we have a video clip for you to kind of put this in context of what Francis Chan was talking about. I see your problem. Maybe I should go to law school. You just need to break out of that boring routine. How? Throw out the old act. Get out there. Who knows what you're going to do? Make it up as you go along. Ad lib. Improvise. On the fly. Boom, boom, boom. Really? You know, make it fresh. Fresh, huh? Okay. I could do fresh. Works for me. Here come the people, Marty. Oh, I 
Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Kowalski, progress report. We're only 500 feet from the main sewer line. And the bad news? We've broken our last shovel. Right. Rico, you're on litter patrol. We need shovels and find more popsicle sticks. We don't want to risk another cave-in. And me, Skipper? I want you to look cute and cuddly, Private. Today we're going to blow this dump. Sorry to interrupt. That's a good movie. What's the point, though, right? I think what that pastor in Sao Paulo was telling Francis Chan was that sometimes we get so comfortable in being like these creatures, but we're like in a zoo. We're, we're comfortable in the four walls when actually all these animals, like the, the lion, is a powerful animal to be actually God designed to be in the wild. And that was really powerful to me. And so, so in, in my mind, the, 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 
The thing I think about when he made that statement was basically this. We all have a Madagascar moment. And that moment is when the power of your purpose or in your purpose is stunted by the system you're in. You're, you're, we all are in some system, our construct in our mind, right? Whether it's the matrix or whether it's a zoo, that we start thinking like, well, this is all it's supposed to be about. When in reality, God's designed us for so much more. What's holding us back? One of the things that the, the, cha- the book has done incredibly well is it's built up to this particular chapter, right? You can almost see it building in its strength over the, the chapters as you go along. And we talked about individualism and how when people just think about themselves and not outside of themselves, that is like a chain. That is like your zoo. That is like your matrix holding you back. Because the world has got so much stuff going on, and we all got stuff going on, that it's super easy to just say, I got to just take care of myself. I got to just take care of my family. Christ calls us to think outside of ourselves. It also talks about being comfortable. It's comfortable to come here, right? We talked about an air-conditioned room. It's comfortable to come here and know people, friendly faces that you've seen before every week. It's comfortable. It's very easy to just come here. And oh, you know what's going to happen after this? We're going to go out there and Scott and Karen have this, like another amazing snack for us. It's comfortable. And the big point I think that the book also makes is around consumerism. And consumerism around how we treat church. How we treat church, we come here and we're like, was the message good? Was the music good? Right? Was the juice organic or whatever, you know? I mean, these things are, are it's, a, it's, a diff, it's a paradigm that I think we're supposed to break past. It, in some ways, it is the matrix that's holding us down. It is the chains that are holding us back from who God designed us to be. So what I'm going to share with you is about seven slides here, which are going to cover things that Paul and some others have, have shared to encourage the church to get outside themselves, beyond individualism, outside of their comfort zone, and definitely not to come to church as a consumer, right? But as that person who God's made you to go out and engage with the world. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, it says this, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. The imagination part, I think of it as, you got to think outside the box, outside the matrix, right? Outside the zoo that we're in today. That being a Christ follower is so much more than just showing up once a week on Sundays. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation and this is the interesting part, of the hope of his calling. Each of you has a calling. Each of you has a purpose. And it's for good. And so for you, when you sit there and you're listening to this today, my hope is you're like, what is my calling? And what hope am I supposed to have with God's calling for my life? If I'm the lion, the king of the jungle, am I supposed to be doing dances in a Manhattan zoo? That is 
the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. We inherit God's best. And he continues, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. See, as Christ followers, what's amazing when you read this, and you've got to just read it for as it is, what it's saying is, God's power is in you. God's power is in you. And it's going to work through you through faith in Jesus. If we were to just be animals in a zoo or, or creatures in a human battery in the matrix, that power will not be exercised at all. At best, you're there for someone else's entertainment. And this is the part that is super powerful, is then your lives will be what? An advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Your life is to be an advertisement of God's power that works through you. When, whenever you talk to your friend or you come up on stage and you share your journey, we talk about it as, oh, that's your testimony. Well, that could be very well the most powerful thing that you can share to people who don't know Jesus today. When I look through the book of Acts and I read all the things that Paul was doing, Paul was in prison, right? They said, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't go. They're going to they're gonna, like, like really do bad things to you. And Paul has a calling. He goes, no, I think I'm supposed to go. And when he finally goes to Jerusalem, right, what happens? They actually do start persecuting him. They flog him. They say, like, this guy's doing no good. But what does Paul do? And I was, I, I'm so curious about this because I'm like, yeah, like, what, what does Paul do? What does he say? And you know what he says? He just tells his story. He just tells the story. He, said, he tells the Jews from the very beginning, this is what happened. Here's the history of the Israelites, Moses, all this. This was me. I was the guy who was persecuting. Then I went on the road to Damascus. I saw the light come. I was blinded. Ananias takes this stuff off my eyes. I can see again. And then I realize it's Jesus I'm persecuting. And then he just tells his story. His life was an advertisement of the immense power of God working through him. That's it. We don't have to be like, oh, great biblical scholars and like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I know the Bible well enough. What Paul shows us is just tell people your story. How did you come to Jesus? How did you become a Christian? And I think I've told you this story before where I was a guy in college. I was the guy debating the Christians on campus. I was the atheist, you know, debating till like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And there was a friend who came to me. We're living in Hawaii now at this point. He goes, Dave, what happened? I wish I could have like audio recorded all those debates because somehow those guys convinced you to like become a Christian. And I said, I don't know if that was it at all. In fact, I don't really remember what we were debating about. And I just told him my story. And I think I shared with you when I was in business school in Philadelphia, there was a, a, a friend of mine, and that's the same thing that happened. And he just said, you know, we, I don't forget how we got talking about it. I said, oh, yeah, here's my faith, and here's how I came to know Christ. And I told him my testimony. And it wasn't until years later, I was in Maui for work, and I see him in line at Safeway, and I find out he gave his life over to Christ. And his whole family 
And that just came from telling my story. My story, your story, can just be a simple advertisement to God's power working through you. That's it. That's, that's as simple as that is. Paul says to the, to the church in Corinth, he says, you know, you guys, the church, right? Don't you realize that together, you guys, the church, have become God's inner sanctuary. You guys are holy. And then he says this, and that the Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. The Spirit of God lives in you. That's amazing. That's how we should be emboldened to know that the Spirit of God lives in us so that whenever we interact with people, our coworkers, our friends, our family who may not know Christ, just know that the Spirit of God is living in you. Continues on, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known. Why do we do what we do? It's because the wisdom of God is going to be made known to the world. Through the church, through us. And therefore, I think what it also means is we have a responsibility. This is an interesting passage in Luke chapter 12, verse 51. And guess who's saying this? Jesus, right? Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. He's not talking about mathematics, right? (laughs) What does that mean? Because oftentimes we go, the prince of peace. So what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about, when I read this is, hey, this is not just all like, Everything is great and peace and all this and wonderful because it is. What he's also saying is we're going to challenge the world construct. We're going to break out of the matrix. We're going to break people out of the zoo that they're in, right? It's going to create division. People are going to see you as Christ followers and go like, man, that's what we're called to do. Pastor Mark talked about it last week. That part of being a Christ follower is we got to count the cost. It's our responsibility in Luke 12, 48. This is before Jesus talks about this in 51, but we know this one pretty well. You, all of you who have now received the grace of God, the spirit of the Lord, all the things I just talked about, from everyone who has been given much, which you all have, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to go outside the four walls. See, my prayer, my desire is that we would experience God more, but we would go outside the four walls of this church, of McKinley Community School for Adults. It would be awesome to see KCF and the people who come to KCF as people say, you know what, I got a responsibility way beyond coming to church on Sunday. Because it's not just about me. It's not just about me consuming a message and feeling good for the week so I can get my weekly dose of God, but it becomes a responsibility I have to get out into the world and interact with the people that, I inter- that God places in my life. It could be the waiter, the waitress at the place you're going to go lunch after today, it could be your coworker. It could be your, your, your parents, your, your family who just doesn't go to church. 
doesn't know Christ. But they think, hey, that's good, you, Dave, that you go to church. It's good for you. Right? Like it, it, it's a spiritual part of your life that gives you life balance. Okay? If we just stop there, that's being comfortable. I think there's going to be a moment that we have to step forward and be like, hey, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you about what Jesus did for me. Risk the fact that sometimes someone may look at you and be like, oh, you're one of those Jesus freaks, aren't you? You've got to risk it. We've got to keep our eyes on eternity beyond what is just here in this world. In Luke chapter 9, 25, it says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self? In Hebrews chapter 10, 35, and this is, this is an important verse for me personally too, because as you step into this, you guys, and you, you really embrace what's happening in this, in this series, Letters to KCF, and you, you start to feel emboldened that we're supposed to go out and do more than just come to service on Sundays, it's going to come down to your confidence, right? So do not throw away your confidence, and it will be richly rewarded. It's going to take courage. It's going to take courage to be a Christ follower especially now, I think, in, in the world today. And we're going to be called to persevere. In Hebrews chapter 10, 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. In Joshua chapter 18, verse 3, now this is a, this is the, the sort of like, so what? Follow your calling. And what the context of this is, is Joshua has the Israelites, they're taking the promised land. Seven tribes have yet to receive their inheritance. And they're complaining. Where's the land that was supposed to be ours? And this is what Joshua says. How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you. How long are you going to wait? Are you just going to be like, well, God promised me that we're going to get this stuff, right? So then they just kind of, what? I, my vision was they were just kind of like waiting for Joshua to do something. And he's like, how long are you guys going to wait? Didn't God promise you this? Go get it. Just go get it. And it takes all the things that we, we just share, I just shared with you. It takes courage, right? It takes just the, the boldness to know that the Spirit of God lives in you. That He's designed you for so much more than to just show up on Sunday, make friends with everybody here, and we all feel good. Oh, yeah, the kids, the kids' ministry is great. The kids love it. You know, we feel safe. But if that's all we took away, I, I, I think it's just such a disconnect what we read in the Bible. I think that's what Francis Chan is saying to this passage, this, this whole series. And I think why when we talk about KCF 2.0, this is what we're being called to do. Is it super clear what that looks like yet? No. But I do think it means we step outside of what the routine and the construct of what we've been doing today. And what I wanted to do is call up Pastor Sonny uh, and we're going to share a little bit because Pastor Sonny 
has a journey that I think is kind of relevant for this message today. So let's welcome Pastor Sonny up. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Al. <laughs> so I don't know how much of you guys have known Pastor Sonny's journey, so I thought I'd kind of give you that, that backstory. Now remember, this is about Unleashed. That's, that's the chapter this week. Pastor Sonny, although born in Houston, spent some time in Colorado, really his formative years was growing up in a suburb outside of Maryland, really kind of by Washington, D.C., right? Okay. And in 2000, he enters ministry full-time, okay? And then even spent some time in India, like two and a half months or so. But, and then we'll get into then how he came to Hawaii and ultimately to KCF. So I guess we'll start with Pastor Sonny. Just tell us the journey. Like what, what, tell us your journey, like your story. Like how, what, what happened here? Yeah, I don't want to go too far back, but <laughs> yeah, God's been um, definitely taking me on a journey, and it's a journey of following Him and um, experiencing the best that He has to offer. And mm-hmm. um, when Dave was asking me about, yeah, what, what did what did this happen? How long ago? How long? Ago? And we're we're going. That's really like two decades of being involved in some sort of ministry. And I was kind of like, it's been that long. Time has gone so fast. And God has been so good. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's brought me all the way out from Maryland uh, to Hawaii. And, and, and as I was talking with Dave, I said there's points of connection that God had started years back uh, to kind of get me ready to come out to Hawaii. So really nice. grateful for that. So, so, you know, the Matrix was 1999. And Sonny really gave, his Lord, gave himself to the Lord in, in 2000. So maybe you're like Neo. Yeah. <laughs> But what happened in uh, 2000? Like, t- tell us that. Like, what? Yeah, so um, right before 2000, uh, I decided to go and um, do kind of a uh, missionary journey in YWAM. And I did my DTS out in Seattle. And uh, while I was doing that, uh, I really felt like the Lord was calling me to give my life to full-time, full-time ministry. And, you know, God was just touching my life in such a very powerful way, um, just releasing me in, in ways that I had never kind of realized. Um, I just felt God's leading. I, I saw his demonstration of power, and um, I was able to take a, a journey to India for a few months, and it was life-changing, kind of every day not knowing what was going to happen, um, exciting to, to know that God was using me when I was kind of still young, not knowing a lot, just trusting that God was going to be with us. Uh, one of the things that I can remember uh, in my times, I've, I've actually been to India a few times, uh, is being threatened and, and kind of uh, sensing God's boldness, even in the midst of uh, someone threatening your life with a machete, uh, to say, hey, you better stop talking about Jesus or else. And, and um, wow. yeah, I almost died in India. Wow. Uh, how did, how did <laughs> I laugh that, about that now. Wait, he does know. How did that happen? I, mean, I like got I, sick. I got really, really sick, and they didn't know. I went. They took me to hospitals. Um, they didn't know what was what was going on, and basically, they were like, "There's a chance that this young young man is gonna die here." Hmm. Um, my mom gets uh, a hold of the YWAM base, and I and I tell my mom, "I'm usually tough. I don't I don't tell tell my mom if I'm hurt or anything." And I this is the first time I actually cried. And I said, "Mom, I think I might be dying here. Can you can you pray?" And uh, that moment, um, they started a prayer chain at my, mm. my church, and 
I was miraculously healed. The fever mm. left, and awesome. um, yeah, but I almost died there. I, I, I felt in my spirit kind of like, yeah, this, I'm going to die as a martyr for Jesus, and I'm okay with that, but I was healed. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. Awesome. <laughs> and, and wait, yeah. but go back to the machete. Oh, <laughs> How did the guy with the machete come in? Like, what, well, like, what, what you know, happened? There, there are groups of kind of radical Hindus mm. uh, that, that go and they, they cause trouble for the local Christians. And, you know, I, I was so, like, taken aback by the, the courage and the boldness of the pastors there. Mm. Um, we take for granted our, our service. Every Sunday we come and uh, we're not worried. We have, we have a security team. And I tell these guys, hey, we're there just there to patrol and, and just pray and, and be a presence. But there, you know, they... Their churches can come under. Yes. And, and yet they, they gather together joyfully mm. uh, in the midst of persecution, mm. and maybe even death. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, that's, that's crazy stuff, man. So just real quick, um, some folks here may not know, right? So what is YMWAM? What is DTS? YWAM is a, a mission agency called Youth with a Mission. And uh, DTS is a discipleship training school. It's a, uh, a nine-month or six-month program where uh, you, you go through Bible training and um, basically you get equipped to uh, be like a missionary. You go out into your workplaces, go out into your communities and take the gospel. And a part of that training is actually going out uh, onto the mission field and experiencing um, you know, things that are happening there. And, you know, I kind of miss that, uh, being on the mission field, seeing God work in power. Um, part of it is like, you know, if we, if we go as a short-term mission trip, you're like, I might never come back, and so I'm going to go all out. <laughs> I don't know these people, so if I make a fool of myself, uh, that's okay, but it's all in uh, God's name. It's all for his kingdom. But it really challenges you to, yeah, be outside of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, for a long period of time, and mm. I, you know, I, I think my experience going to places like India is uh, it keeps you kind of on your toes. Like you, you don't have a chance to really settle down and get comfortable in a routine. It's always something different, right? Uh, something that some things that are unexpected that you just have to depend on the Lord uh, for His protection, supernatural protection, and deliverance. You never know when something's going to happen, so you always kind of. Um, not bracing yourself, but you're always prepared to uh, encounter something that is going to be very challenging. So you're getting a sense, right? Pastor Sonny, is one of, he's all in, right? <laughs> Who wants to go full-time ministry now to India, <laughs> face machetes and, and sickness, right? But what then happens in 2009 that you're, you're in D.C., right, ministering there. Uh, you were doing, I think, some of the youth, mm -hmm. youth stuff. But then what happened in 2009 that brought you to Hawaii? Okay, um, Remember, I talked about that connection. Uh, in 2000, I was actually working with a church uh, doing youth ministry. And um, I had another pastor who was, we were partnering together doing that ministry. He was actually in Hawaii uh, and had been asking me to come out and partner with him. He said, God is doing something in Hawaii. Um, pray about it. Pray about it. And, and so in 2009, I was actually taking a sabbatical from a church that I was working with and really praying for what the next season of my life would be. Um, I was single and ready to go to the ends of the earth and thankfully the lord said go to hawaii and <laughs> you know people joke and they say that didn't take much effort and you know you just always wanted to go but 
yeah, never look back. Uh, it's been 10 years, a little bit more than 10 years, and yeah, God has really been kind of, I think, pushing me into the next phase of ministry and ministry with my family, and yeah. And then, and then in, about three years ago, yeah. then you came to KCF, right? So what was that transition, and what led you there? Yeah, three years almost to the day um, where I was able to come and, and join staff, join and be a part of the staff. Uh, but really, at that season, uh, my wife and I were praying. We're going, Lord, um, we're, we're serving you. We're in full-time ministry. Uh, but we feel like there's something more. We feel like there's something more that you're calling us to um, really be a part of. And uh, as we were praying, you know, that's kind of the time where... Um, we got connected to KCF, Pastor Mark, and, and just hearing the vision of the church, that our church is here uh, for people that are, are yet to come into the church, mm. right? It's not just for our congregation. It's not just to make uh, a nice, happy church environment, mm. but that our call really is to go out and make a difference um, in our community in, in Hawaii. So. Got it. Thanks, honey. So, yeah. so okay, so we, now we get to where we are today. Mm-hmm. So this is the chapter on Unleashed, right? And as you can get a vibe for Sonny, this is a guy who, you know, you hear his journey, he's all in, <laughs> right? He hears the Lord, the calling, he goes. Right now, we, we read this chapter, it's super challenging, Unleashed, right? And it's actually forcing us to look outside the traditional paradigm of the church, right? How is it, how, how has it been challenging you, how, what, what's happening in, in your life now as you read through this and go through this series? Yeah, just reading all these chapters, you know, every chapter is kind of like, I felt like the Lord is speaking to me. Uh, this chapter on, on Unleashed, um, I, re- I really felt like the Lord saying, you know, my responsibility is greater than the church. You know, um, yeah, two, two decades of, of being um, in full-time ministry a lot of times it, could, it, it can turn into a routine where I'm going. My focus is just in the church. And um, as I'm reading you know, this chapter, it's just kind of stirring in my heart. Uh, just uh, a desire to see people be reached um, that are not in the church, that are, are in our family, that are in our workplaces. And um, you know, I, was, I was sharing with uh, Pastor Mark, I was sharing with Dave, I was like, um, you know, I, I get a sense that the Lord is kind of stirring my heart for, um, I, was, I was saying hurting people. I said, you know, everywhere you look, there's hurting people. There's people in need, but specifically hurting people and for young people and for youth. And, and so it's kind of like in a pattern of what God has already been doing, but in a greater way. And um, I feel like there's uh, revival to come. And the word I kept getting was revival. And revival to me is is being in God's presence. And, you know, this book is really minding us, uh, reminding me again personally that the church is not uh, this building. The church is not what we do on Sundays, but the church is the body of Christ. Every time we gather, every time we meet, to have that expectation that God is going to come with great power to make a huge difference wherever we're at. And so... Um, more of a story, more of a, a challenging to say, yeah, not in the zoo, but we got to be wild. We got to have some kind of that, that boldness and that fire to not back down. Um, so if I could share, Sonny, when, when Sonny and we were just talking, as we were, you know, this is not scripted, as you can tell, but we did talk before. And 
If I could share, Sonny, you had said a specific phrase that I thought was interesting. Okay? And you had told me that as you're wrestling with a lot of the stuff through the book, and all, you used the phrase, I feel like I'm missing out. Right? What did you mean by that? Share with me, like, what, what, what's going through your mind and your heart when you say, I'm missing out? What are you missing? I, I think um, for me, I'm going, Lord, I, I want to see... What I read in, in the early church, I want to see that happening every single day. I want to see that happening um, in our family life. I want to see that happening in our workplaces. And, you know, just expecting more. Yeah. Just having a greater hunger to say, God, um, you haven't called us to just live comfortable lives, uh, just ordinary lives. You've called us to live extraordinary lives, uh, seeking your glory, relying upon your power and trusting you. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I think, you know, when in preparing this message, I felt Sonny just kind of was laid in my heart to ask him to come and share his journey. Because not only as you can tell, um, here's a person who's all in from the very beginning, right? Uproots himself from Washington, D.C., sight unseen, never seen Hawaii before, lands here, hope it's going to be turn out okay. He's here. I don't know. We didn't get into that story as much, but then the... the the pastor guy you followed here ends up leaving, right, to the mainland, but you stayed. And then uh, Pastor Mark calls you up, you know, and you're like, who's this dude? I don't know this dude. Three years, you know, three years ago, he decides to join here. But the thing that's really amazing is people can see your heart. You follow the Lord's call, right? But one of the things that I, I felt like why maybe you're placed on my heart to share with this unleashed thing is because... This is a journey, this is a story we talk about that is still unfolding. I think we're going to see some amazing things happening through Sonny and his family, right? And he's in this, like, transition. Remember, Sonny was leading worship here for a while, right? Transition, leading the youth group, doing an amazing job. And so there's a lot of things that I think is kind of stirring, right, in you. And... I look forward to that day because I think it, the story is still being written, right? But I do know that you, you love the Lord, you follow him, you trust him, and he's going to take you in a place, probably break the paradigm completely, right? Completely like take you out of the matrix, <laughs> yeah? Yes. And it, won't, it might be Madagascar, who knows? But it might be someplace that we're not even thinking about, right? Yeah. Thanks, Sonny. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, brother. Sonny is uh, just an amazing guy, as you, as you can tell. Um, and he's just a real person. You know, like his, his personality, uh, his smile that you see every Sunday is real, right? That's genuine coming from this guy. And this is a guy who you can see as well, who just follows the Lord with all his heart. That he will uproot himself from Washington, D.C., sight unseen to Hawaii, and go through about, I think it was like seven years at, at the church here. And the pastor, he came and had that relationship with Leaves. And he's actually leading that church, I think, solo uh, for quite some time. And he's doing everything. He's doing worship service. He's doing youth service. He's doing, you know, speaking to the, he's doing the English service, right? And it's tough, right? But, but, he, but this, is, this is the kind of... Um, boldness and courage that I think 
God is calling each of you to as well. That it's to step outside and say, maybe I'm living in the matrix. Maybe it is a zoo. (laughs) Not how we normally think of zoo as crazy, but that it is this confined area where I am comfortable. And I think maybe we're called to go outside. So as we recap this, this chapter, as we, as the series, I think we just got a little bit more to go, maybe another week or so. What does unleash mean to you? What does it mean to be unleashed as a Christ follower? I think it's important for you personally to ask that question and to pray to the Lord to speak to you clearly on what it means to be unleashed. And I would tell you, I guarantee you what it's not is to just do kind of everyday stuff that you've probably already been doing. It's going to take some courage, some boldness. Have you found your purpose? A lot of times I think we don't always ask that question enough, but we just kind of surviving day to day. Maybe we're shuttling kids to activities or, or maybe we're like working late. We get home late. The traffic has been bad. Maybe we're wrestling with some health issues. Have you found your purpose? Because God has a purpose for your life. You got to know that. You got to receive that. What is God calling you to do? It's going to step, it's going to force you to step outside your comfort zone and break out of the system that you're in. So when you face and you answer these questions, you will get to what I call the Madagascar moment. Is the power in my purpose being stunted by the system I'm in? And if so, how are you going to break out of that system? And how are you going to allow the power of God to fully work through you so that your purpose can be realized in this world? Would you stand with me as we... We close this, this morning. I just pray that, that this series, that you don't just let it pass you by. Yeah, reading a chapter a week or whatever it might be can be a lot because everyone's busy. But I think you deserve it. Let Pastor Sonny's testimony, his story, be an inspiration to you. That you can go out and you know what, God calls me to do this, I will pivot. I will turn a different direction. I'm going to get outside of my comfort zone. That's what this whole series has been about. You pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much that you love us, you give us your grace, Lord. That we don't feel condemned, Lord, but we would feel like inspired, Lord, that when we see all the amazing things that you are doing in the book of Acts, that you were so real, that, that Paul and all the, the apostles, they just, they just told their story. And Lord, that miracles were happening. People were being healed. People were being risen from the dead. Lord, we want that. Lord Jesus, we want to experience you in such a real way, in such an intimate way, that the, the, the whole world would just know the wisdom that you want to share with them. That the, that the world would know your love. And Lord, we also know that there will be a cost. 
that it's not all about peace that there's going to be battle but just like Morpheus tells Neil hey you can take the red pill you can take the blue pill we've said this before we take the red pill we're going to break out of the system that is stunting the power that you've given each of us and I pray that everyone here receives that and goes out today break out of their comfort zone said Jesus for you I could just do something bold for you because it matters it matters in your precious name amen